Shalom, shalom. Welcome, welcome, world changers. Another night of reading scripture and fellowship. I got a few things I want to talk about first before we get into the scripture. I got a question here that somebody submitted to me through the comments. I'm going to get to that in just a minute. According to the everlasting, eternal word of God that is forever settled in heaven, there are multiple means of atonement. Starting with the bottom, the least effective is blood. Up from there, you would you have um, the atonement money that's that's spoken of in the uh, in the book of Numbers, and it says that you know this money will it, it's for your atonement, and when you give this money, you you have you know you give this money to God. Uh, that money is for that money is is an atonement which will come up before God as a memorial for you now a lot of people do not understand that is actually in the book of acts that concept oh yeah that concept is actually in the book of acts see what the problem is again and i i'm i i'm uh, i'm grieved at how many people Christians, they know the, the letters of Paul more than they know the Torah, more than they know the, the, the word of God, the Tanakh, the same word of God that the, that the book of Acts church had. They didn't have any of the, the letters of Paul. They had the word of God, the Tanakh, the, what, what we would call today Old Testament. In the book of Acts, actually, you know what? Since we're on this topic, let me just show you guys. I will show you. Is this is something that a lot of people don't see. And this is another proof, another piece of evidence that the Torah is in effect. I, it's, almost, it's almost ridiculous that I have to say this because God said like <laughs> scores of times, scores of times that it's eternal to be observed forever. But yet, you get people coming around believing their interpretation of Paul's letters. Paul, in you know, and you know, well, you no, know, we don't have to go by the Torah no more. Um, okay, so let I'll, I'm going to show you guys something, Quandell. Let me show you something here, and everybody else that's listening. Um, I didn't plan on this, so you can just give me a, a moment here. Acts chapter ten. And if we also go on over, uh, for those of you who are taking notes, please take note of this. This is a good one. This is a really good, this is a really good thing. Okay. Again, every, uh, every Christian should know this. And you know, I, I've been to church. I went to church for how many years? Almost 20 years or so. I vehemently going every, like as, as much as I could. And I've never, ever heard this preached at all. Never even heard it. In fact, you know, pretty much the opposite. Exodus chapter 30, verse 11. For those of you who are taking notes, take note of that. Exodus chapter 30, verse 11. I'll read it. I'll read it. Hey, stay tuned to this. Stay tuned to this. You'll, for those of you who love the truth and those of you, you know, you love how the word of God all comes together from beginning to end, you'll love this, okay? Exodus chapter 30, verse 11. This is, by the way, I'll just preface this by saying this is the eternal word of God for ever settled in heaven, according to Psalm 119, verse 89. 
Verse 11, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, when you take the sum of the children of Israel after their number, then shall give, uh, then they, then shall they give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord. When, when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when you number them. Now, by the way, this is the reason why there was a plague that broke out when David numbered them, because he did not do this step. It wasn't the, the, the numbering, it wasn't the census that was the, that was the thing. It was missing the atonement. That was the problem. And that's, that's a side note. But anyway, uh, verse 13. This they shall give everyone that passes among them half a shekel. Shekel is like a, a unit of it's money, basically half a half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary. A shekel is is twenty geras. Again, keep keep in mind shekel is money. I believe even in in Israel today they still go by shekels as, uh, for their money. Half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. Okay, so this is money money offering. Everyone that passes among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering to the Lord. The rich shall not give more and the poor shall not give less than half a shekel. Then, excuse me, when they give an offering unto the Lord to make atonement for your souls. Wow. Okay. Again, please, people, uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Because I'm, the next verse is just absolutely—it's just absolutely amazing. I said yesterday there are several different ways of getting "quote unquote" saved. Several different means, pathways to atonement. And I know the, the modern corrupt evangelical Christian narrative today is like there has to be blood. No, there has to be blood. Uh, without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And they take it completely out of context. Don't even know what it's talking about. I, I dealt with that yesterday. But here's another means of making atonement for your souls. Watch this. Watch this. This is verse 16. And thou shalt take the atonement money, atonement money, of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of the tabernacle of the congregation that it may be a memorial. Key phrase. That money is to come up as a memorial. Hello. I want you to highlight that in your minds right now. If you're taking notes, highlight highlight this in your notes. This atonement money is to is, it will come up as an as a memorial unto the children of God before the Lord to make atonement for your souls. I'll say it one more time because it needs to be just branded in your minds. Atonement money will come up as a memorial before the Lord. You give your money, it becomes it will come up as a memorial before the Lord. Okay, go on over to Acts chapter 10. Let's do this. Acts chapter 10. There was a, this is verse one. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Now, let me get into this. Before I get into this, I'll fasten your seatbelts. Get ready for get ready for a good one. This, because you know, some people say, well, in the days of Jesus, that was only for the Jews. Well, now we're in mean, post-cross. Well, this is this is not only post-cross. This is post-resurrection. This is post-ascension. This is post-everything. This is this is in the so-called New Testament age, okay? Acts chapter 10, verse 1. 
There was a certain man in Caesarea named Cornelius. Remember, this, this man's even a Gentile, okay? He's not even a Jew, okay? Keep that in mind as well. A centurion of what it was called the Italian regiment. Again, he's not a Jew. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave alms. Hello, there's money right there. He gave money generously to the people and prayed to God always. So notice, he gave money. Verse three, about the ninth hour of the day, he saw a, clearly in a vision, an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. And when he observed, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? And he, and he said to him, your prayers and your alms, your money, have come up as a memorial before God. Wow. Do you see it? That is the fulfillment of Exodus chapter 30. Basically, let me just boil it right down. This proves that the concept that we read in Exodus chapter 30 from the eternal, timeless word of God that is forever settled in heaven, this proves that it is forever settled in heaven and is still in effect as it says many, many times. I mean, how many times does it have to tell us? This, this proves that the concept of, the, of giving the money and it coming up as a memorial before God is still in effect. I know, I know a lot of people who, I know a lot of people, when they hear that, they would say, does not compute, you know, my, 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 my brain that has been programmed in the, in the, in the ways of the modern corrupt Christian narrative based upon their interpretation of Paul's letters does not compute. Cornelius got saved because he gave money and he gave money and he prayed. And when he gave money and he prayed, that came up as a memorial before God in accordance with the word of God in Exodus chapter 30. And that is what brought about his salvation because God heard his prayers and sent Peter to him. Because he obeyed and fulfilled Exodus chapter 30. It's an amazing, an amazing truth. It's a nugget. It's, it's a gold nugget of scripture that most people have never, ever, never discovered. In fact, you know what? I have never heard anybody ever teach this, ever. I've never heard it. I'm, I'm just, like, to me, what happened? Let, let me just back up a little bit. How did I find this? You know, just reading Acts over and 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 over again. I was very, I was very intrigued with this concept of your prayers and your alms have come up as a memorial before God. That has always been very intriguing to me. It's been like, wow, that is a really cool concept. And that's in the New Testament, Acts chapter 10, actually. So that's been in the back of my mind for a long time. And as I read the Bible over and over and over again, you know, maybe I'm not all that swift. It took me, I don't know how many times to read the Bible through. And finally, it's like, oh, Exodus chapter 30. That's it right there. That's it right there. The atonement money, giving the money. 
will provide an atonement for your soul. And because of that atonement, your prayers are heard and will come up as a memorial before God. Remember, God does not hear the prayers of the wicked man. If, you, if your sins are not atoned for, don't expect God to hear your prayers. In Psalms, it says he does not. He, uh, uh, was, David said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, God will not hear me. So in order to get your prayers heard, you got you to have pretty good confidence that you're, you have that atonement. Cornelius, he got that atonement. How? Giving of alms and prayer. By the way, prayer is another um, means of atonement in the Torah. Let me see here. Just give me a second. Prayer is another means of atonement. There are, there are several, several. Sometimes all it takes is just prayer, just prayer, sometimes. And this is what I mean, uh, Quandell. Um, we should not overly simplify the message. Uh, I mean, it's, it's good to keep it simple, but to make it overly simple, like one plus one equals two, or three plus three equals six. I mean, you know, it does not, it's not like a mathematical equation that al it always works out that way. It's different, you know, different, as they say, different strokes for different folks, you know? And so that's the way it goes in the scriptures as well. Uh, just give me a second here. Numbers, 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 chapter 16. Numbers chapter 16. Now, uh, before I get into this, uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe I should just, uh, yeah, let me just go over to um, uh, incense. You know, our incense is a, is a symbol of prayer. You know that, right? Um, Revelation, okay, makes that very clear. Revelation 5, 8, it says each one of the each one had a harp and and they were holding uh golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. So the incense represents prayers, okay? You need to really understand this. Um Re Revelation chapter 8, verse 3, he has given much incense to offer with the prayers of all God's people. And again, verse four, the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of God's people. Okay, uh, so, I mean, it's pretty clear. Incense here is a uh, symbol, a prophetic, um, what does it say? A prophetic expression symbolizing prayer. Okay? Uh, each one had a harp and they, had, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of God's people. Keep that in mind. Okay, now let's go over to Numbers chapter 16, verse 46. So Moses said to Aaron, take a censer and put fire in it from the altar, put incense on it. Okay, keep in mind, this is a symbol of God. This is a symbol of prayer. It represents prayer. And take, take it quickly to the congregation and make atonement for them. Make atonement for them. For wrath has gone out from the Lord. The plague has begun. Aaron took it as Moses commanded and ran into the midst of the assembly. And already the plague had begun among the people. So he put the incense in, put, put in the incense and made atonement for the people. Okay. And the atonement was made and the plague was stopped. How? Through blood? No. Through incense. 
It was prayer, symbolically speaking, okay? Today you could say that would be um, uh, talking about... Okay, so, I mean, there are many different ways of salvation according to the Word of God. Blood, again, is the least effective. That's very, very evident for, the, for anybody. Again, for Christians who are just, if they, if, if they know more about Paul, and if they get all of their theology from Paul, they're not going to see this unless they open their minds a little bit and start reading and start studying and start questioning the, their common, the, the popular narrative. Blood is the least effective. We know that because God says it. He, many times, he rejected people's blood offering because of their sin. If, if the blood covered sin, it would make no sense for God to, to do that. It's not just once in the Bible. It's throughout uh, the scriptures. So blood is, is the least effective. We have also incense. That makes atonement. Prayer makes atonement. Of course, the, the most effective way of atonement is repentance. Turning from your sin, turning to God. That's the most effective way. Nowhere do you see in the scriptures, nowhere, nowhere do you see when somebody turned from their sin, stopped sinning, turned to God, and God said, well, that's not enough. I, I'm rejecting your repentance. I'm not accepting your repentance. Nowhere. Does God ever say that? He said it about blood. He said it about doing other things, some of the other offerings, but not about repentance. That's why knowledgeable people would tell you blood is the least effective, repentance is the most effective means of atonement. So uh, I know that was a long answer there, Quandell, but there is no mathematical formula for salvation. It depends on your circumstances. If you're a baby, yeah, I know you're not a baby, uh, Quandell, but I mean, for babies, it's, 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 it's not even existent. I mean, there's nothing, they are to, there's nothing for them to do uh, to get saved. They're already um, they're already candidate. I mean, they didn't violate the Torah in any way, shape, or form. So they're good. They're, they're good to go all the way around. Um, so uh, it all depends. Some people, it does take, like Cornelius, it took for him to give alms and to pray. That's what he took. That's what it did for him. Other people, like when Jesus spoke to that young man, he, you know, you know, uh, sell everything you have and, and give to the poor. Ah, give to the poor, right? Why did Jesus say that? Could it just be? Could it be? Is it just a coincidence? Could it just be the same, the exact same concept that was applied in, in, in uh, with Cornelius in Acts chapter ten, which which again is based upon Exodus chapter thirty? To make it very very simple for you is like again, I don't want to oversimplify. We've the church has suffered greatly suffered from oversimplification of things. But to make it as simple as possible, Condell, you do whatever you can, given the circumstances you're under. That's, that's, the, best, that's the best advice I can, I can give you. For the Gentiles in, in Acts chapter 15, it was four laws to begin with, to start with. You know, again, other people can be, you know, more than that, depending on what they know. 
the Gentiles in Acts chapter 15 didn't know anything. I mean, they were just they were just spring chickens, so to speak, when it comes to uh, the the ways of God. You know, they didn't own Bibles. They probably they didn't have. I highly, highly doubt they had any kind of scripture in their in their homes. Uh, scripture in those days would be all kept on scrolls in the synagogue. So I, I very highly doubt that they would have anything like that. So they would have very little to no knowledge at all of the Word of God or of anything about God, really. So, uh, you know, Peter and James gave them, started, started them off with the, the four laws. And I've said this before, I'll say it again. I know this might be a little bit too much information for people who don't know what I'm talking about, but those four laws are the, are the ancient form of the Noahide laws, which proves that converting and being a believer from in, in the book of Acts, in the book of Acts church, was in fact, clearly converting to Judaism. Sergeant says, witnessing is not easy, but we need to be ready in season and out of season to explain our faith. Yes, amen. Tammy says, uh, I have one hour left of your seven-hour video. Outstanding. What a humble debate. Well, thank you very much, Tammy. I hope it was a blessing to you. I hope and pray, you know, I hope that uh, those debates continue. I know, I know, you know, a lot of people it's, it's difficult and, uh, you know, it, it's, it runs thin, uh, you know, I mean, I, I can understand, I totally understand, but, um, let me just say this time will tell, be patient. Time will tell great deception says, uh, the commands are to be kept all that apply to you physically and spiritually as in your heart. Yes, absolutely. Alex says, um, hi guys, I'm sorry for being mad and yelling the other day. Um, I'm not sure who you're speaking to, Alex, but I, I uh, definitely no offense it, it, with me. Definitely no offense in my heart, that's for sure. Not even in, an iota of offense here. Welcome, Alex. Blessings multiplied to you, brother. Vinny says, shalom, everyone. Shalom, Vinny. Good to see you. Psalm 94 says, I did watch some of Wade's videos on TikTok today. So what? And he doesn't agree with a lot of things that we do, but that is not reason to ridicule and name call. We're all growing. We're all learning. We're all growing. You know, I wish there are people I wish I could sit down and talk to like, like how he did. I wish I could. There are people that I wish I could do that. So, you know, bless them for that. Great Deception says, not buying Noah Hyde, one law for you and the stranger within your gates. Yes, I totally, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, I, I do take the position that the Noah Hyde laws are just like the first step in the door, just like because this is, I know, I know, you know, some Jews would not agree with this at all, but this is, this is what I, how my position is that, um, the Noahide laws are like, oh, you know, you guys, you Gentiles, you have no clue about God at all. You have nothing. You've never read scripture. You don't know anything here. Here's some simple laws to start out with. This is something for you guys to start out with. To me, it's a starting point. It's just a starting point. It's certainly not the be all end all. Alex says, uh, do you guys identify as Messianic Jewish? Uh, I, I, I actually spoke with this. Speaking about Wade, I, I spoke about this with Wade. Um, some people think we're Hebrew roots. I do not 
look at myself as he, excuse me, Hebrew roots at all. Um, there is a lot of Hebrew roots teachings and things that I don't agree with. So, um, teachings and practices in Hebrew roots, by the way, let me just, before I go on about the Messianic, the, the Messianic Jewish, um, Hebrew roots is actually like a, it's quite ambiguous in a way, because I mean, it's like, it's kind of like an umbrella statement over as it, it covers like a vast variety of people that, that are, many of these people are even in disagreements with one another. So, uh, I, definitely messianic or definitely Hebrew roots is not the way to describe, uh, what I believe in, you know, messianic Jewish, a little bit closer, although I do understand there are messianic Jewish people too. There are messianic Jews believe it or not, Messianic Jewish synagogues that have like pork roasts and, you know, uh, you know, have ham and bacon for breakfast and all this kind of thing. Believe it or not, that's what I've heard from a Messianic Jewish rabbi. So um, I've said it very simply and, you know, uh, with Wade, and I was like, I'm a, I'm a follower of Yeshua, you know, it's, and I've said to other people, um, what, what group am I part of? Uh, what group do I identify with? Well, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the 12 disciples, whatever they were part of, that's what I'm part of. If you were to roll the clocks back, if you were to go back and ask James in Jerusalem, hey, James, are you Hebrew roots? What do you think he would say? Or are you Messianic Jewish? What do you think he would say? You'd probably go, Messianic Jewish? What are you talking about? Yeah, it's true. Uh, great deception. Christian is very ambiguous. So many uh, differences throughout Christianity. Absolutely. It's like, you know, so which part? Are you Christian? Okay, so are you Christian? So so which kind of Christian out of the 43,000 different kinds of Christian? Which kind? So Kabbalah asked a question. I'll, I'll get to this and then we'll we'll go into the scripture. Um, Tobit 12.9. So I just give me a moment. I have to pack it, uh, pull it up. I think I know where you're going with this Caballero. It's, it's really good. It's actually just right in line with what we're talking about. Uh, so Tobit 12.9. Just give me a second to, to line these up. Ecclesiasticus. So this would be Sirach and Ecclesi. Ecclesiastes 3.30. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I do have to say, and, you know, I believe that the prescription for atonement in the Torah still applies today because God, it's eternal. Um, okay. And then comparing that with, uh, Acts chapter two. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, it's this, it's the same. Yeah. Okay. So Tobit 12, nine. So th these are, the, these are the kind of things that you get a lot of people when they read these kind of things in the Apocrypha. Like for those of you who don't know, Tobit in Ecclesiasticus is in the Apocrypha. Um, Ecclesiastes is, al is also called Sirach, the book of the wisdom of Sirach. Um, 
and these are the kind of the, some of these one of the objections for the apocrypha most of the objections for the apocrypha is absolutely ridiculous to be honest with you this is one of the more sm smarter objections to the apocrypha however it doesn't stand and i'll show you exactly why it doesn't stand so we got the book of tobit chapter 12 Verse nine, for alms doth deliver from death and shall purge away all sin. Those that exercise alms and righteousness shall be filled with life. Yes, absolutely. I say amen to that. Um, that's exactly the same concept that we read in Exodus chapter 30, the atonement money. Uh, is for the atonement for your souls, okay? Uh, that comes up a as a memorial before the Lord. Exodus chapter 30, verses 15 and 16. That is the, that, this verse, Tobit chapter 12, verse 9, is in perfect harmony with Exodus chapter 30, verses 15 and 16. Same with Ecclesiasticus chapter 3, verse 30. Water puts out a blade. Raising fire, almsgiving expiates sins. Exactly what Exodus chapter 30 teaches, the atonement money. And we see this in operation and fulfilled in Acts chapter 10, the, the, the story we just read about Cornelius. Um, he gave generously and uh, prayed to God regularly. And it says that the angel to him and said, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering. See, it's talking about the Torah concept there before God. So Cornelius, through his prayers and giving of money, he received an atonement for his soul as per Exodus chapter 30, verse 15, and he also received the memorial before God because of that as per Exodus chapter 30, verse 16. And Tobit 12, 9, Ecclesiasticus 3, 30, also witness to that very fact. Okay? Again, if it wasn't for, I think, I think it's pretty clear here. I mean, from my, from my point of view, it's very clear. If Cornelius, again, this, this is not a Jew, right? So he obeyed the Torah as a Gentile, and he reaped the reward of his obedience. He reaped the memorial offering before God. Many Christians today, boy, oh boy, they pray until they're blue in the face, literally. They, play, they pray until they're blue in the face, and they never get an answer to their prayer. Well, enter Cornelius, exit Paul, and then maybe you'll see some fruit. Caballero, beautiful. Thank you for pointing that out. It's awesome. Um, this is why, you know, it, it's, it's a ripoff, these... Protestant Bible publishers refuse to publish Tobit and Ecclesiasticus in, in, in the Bible. It, they ripped the church off. They really did. 
But if the church was smart enough anyway, they'd read and and study the Torah and understand that, hey, there are multiple means of atonement here. There are multiple ways, not just all blood. In fact, blood is a lot of times not even effective at all. Uh, and we have, uh, apart from blood being an atonement, because you know it says in Leviticus 17.11, it's an atonement, not just, not the only means of atonement, but an atonement. We have... Um, giving of the atonement money as an atonement, okay? Exodus chapter 30. And we have prayers as an atonement as well. And of course, we have repentance. Again, repentance is like, that's it. I mean, surefire. Sure, that's a sure shot right there. Repentance, it's like God can't resist repentance. You know what I mean? It's like God can't resist repentance. So, Beautiful. Thank you for pointing that out, uh, Caballero. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Hey, aren't you enjoying this? I'm enjoying this. I mean, getting into this and um, we're talking about some really good stuff here. Really, really good stuff here. You know, uh, the entire church of the world should be listening and, and should be studying the stuff that we're talking about this stuff. Uh, it's just amazing. The Great Deception says, Tobit, I like. Yes, I say a great big amen to that. Great Deception says the churches where I went got angry if you questioned anything they were saying. <laughs> it's more like a cult than a. I mean, you know, when you when you're able to pray, you know what? Let me let me tell you a story. This is a true story, okay? Like several years ago, I had an elderly couple come over to my place. This elderly couple was a couple that I knew from years past when I used to go to a different church. They went to this church and they were like, a, they were like fixtures in this church. Okay. They were like, actually they were like the Walmart greeters. They were there at the door greeting everybody coming in and, gre and greeting. Like it's like, it's almost like they own the church kind of thing. Um, and this elderly gentleman, I'll never forget it. It was in my dining room and we were, we were actually having a meal and he said, you know, he said, I remember when I first came to the Lord and I remember when it's like every one of my prayers were answered. But now I don't, I don't, I don't experience that anymore. I don't experience that kind of intimacy with God and I don't experience my prayers getting answered like they used to. You know, it's a very, very sad thing. It's very, very sad to hear that. But I truly believe that this particular gentleman, when he first came to God, when he said that his prayers were answered right away, he, he probably, the, his, his prayers were answered because he knew the truth at that time. I believe a lot of people, when they first come, they first get in the door, so to speak, in the kingdom. Um, I believe that they know the truth. They know it's, it's about obedience to God. They know it's about surrendering to him. They know it's about obeying the commandments. They know it deep within their soul. It's like one John says, you know, if you have the anointing, you you know the truth. You you know all things. So I know that a lot of wackos can take that away, you know, you know what I mean? I mean, but but anyway. Um it happened to me too. When I first got saved, I knew to me it was like it was I was there. I was there. I was almost like where I am now. But when I started going to church, it was a mainstream denominational church. They talked, they, I was, 
It, they taught it out of me. It was taught out of me. I was taught the grace. It's all just grace. No obedience. No, you know, we don't go by, the, by, by any of the law anymore. I was taught that whole thing. I was taught the whole thing and it got, it got taught out of me. They actually talked God out of me. But now I'm back. Hallelujah. I am back. Hallelujah. But I believe this elderly gentleman, in the same way, when he came to the Lord, he knew the truth. And he probably, you know, he, he aligned himself like perfectly in tune with the Torah, even though he probably didn't know the term Torah, you know, at the time, probably didn't. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, practically speaking, he was right in tune with God in that way. And then after going to church, receiving this, as I call it, the modern corrupt Christian narrative, it just gets drained out of him. And it just gets, God gets talked out of him and taught out of him. It's a sad situation. Very sad. Pete says, uh, original sin doctrine is false. And I say a great big, in capitals, amen to that. And amen again. Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a horrific doctrine for sure. Horrific. I, I go a little bit further. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's like it is false for sure, right? but it's horrifically false for sure. Quandell says, I appreciate your explanation. Well, I appreciate your question. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Yes, this is this is the thing. It's like to who to whom much is given, much is required. Yeah, so it's the same thing. You know, God is not as strict. It's it's not like the cop in the sky the way these the way Christians portray him to be. Like, you know, it's like nobody could obey the law. Uh, well, <laughs> in your Christian doctrine, maybe not, but not according to the scriptures, and you know. Common sense, if God is a loving father and reasonable father, come let us reason together, says, says the Lord. I mean, yeah. Quandell uh, just gave it super chat for $10. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you. And you know what? Like we are, we're all on different places, right? We're all at different places in our walk with God, in our understanding of the scriptures. And, you know, I, I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody's in different places. And so, you know, I can, I can appreciate everyone. I do believe that attitude is, is the most important thing. If we don't have the right if we don't have the right attitude, we'll never learn, and we'll never grow. We get stuck in a rut. Okay, um, I think that I'm sorry. Okay, so this one more question I'll answer, then we'll start reading. Uh, the brick train says, uh, "Was not the death of Jesus the atonement for sin?" Did this not open the way for indulgences? 
Okay, so as people understand it in the Christian world today, in the mainstream Christian world, it's it's not accurate according to the scriptures. Okay? The only way you can receive atonement is through repentance. If the death of Jesus does not lead you to repentance, you will not receive atonement. How can I say that? Because, again, the eternal word of God and the eternal law of God has spelt it out for us very clearly from Genesis through Revelation. When Jesus walked this earth, when did he ever say, and he could have went around preaching the Billy Graham gospel. Hey, hey I'm going to die for your sin. I'm going to die for your sin. Hey, believe in me. Believe in me. I'm going to die for, I am the atonement. I'm going to pay you all. I'm, I'm here to pay y'all's debt. I'm, I'm here to pay y'all's debt. He didn't say that at all. Not at all. It is commonly interpreted that Paul said that. But Paul is not even, again, he's not Jesus, he's not the Messiah, he's not part of the 12, he's outside. He's outside. As 1 John said, those who practice righteousness are righteous. If you do what is right, that will be righteous righteousness for you. The thing is, you see, when I... And I, you know, I said this to Wade before, but when I used to believe all that stuff, it was so, it was so restrictive. It was so limited, and I, you have to jump, jump through hoops, and you, you have to do, you have to ignore certain passages, and you have to, you have to. Uh, it's very, very limited, and there's a lot of things that cannot be answered, but. The more you understand the way, like the stuff that we're, we're sharing here, the more you understand the truth and the fullness of the scripture and the fullness of the way God operates. And it's uh, evident through his instructions to us, i.e. the Torah, the instructions. The more you understand that, the more you understand the concepts that is brought to us through the Tanakh the more everything works smoothly. Everything fits in place much easier. Again, when Jesus was on the cross, when he was talking to the, to the uh, thief that was, that was, you know, he, the thief was, at, was asking basically for salvation. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. What did Jesus say? Hey, great that you said that there, Mr. Thief, because this is the perfect time. See what I'm doing for you? I am paying your debt. I am dying for your sin right now. Just believe in me. Just believe. Uh, bow your head right now, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sin. Or I believe you will die in, for my sin in the next half hour. Um, it's not what he said. Jesus understood it's all about repentance. Of course he understand. He, I mean, if there's anybody that should understand, it would be Jesus, right? He understood it was all about repentance, and he understood that this thief fulfilled that requirement. The thief repented and done. I mean, he he obeyed several um, 
commands while he was hanging on the cross. He did everything within, he did everything he could possibly do given the circumstance he was under. He obeyed every commandment that he could possibly obey given the circumstance he was under. He repented first and foremost. He feared God. There's another commandment that he fulfilled. He rebuked his neighbor, his other, the other guy, for not fearing God. That's another commandment that's fulfilled, Leviticus chapter 19. He stood up for Jesus. That's another commandment that he fulfilled. He called on the name of the Lord. That's another commandment that he fulfilled. I mean, there are several commandments. He done a lot in the, in the last minutes of his life, hanging on that cross. Jesus saw that, and he knew, hey, this guy is saved. That's why he said, today, don't worry about it, bud. Today you will be with me in paradise. Why? How could he say that? Because he saw that this guy, this guy qualified for paradise. Why? Because he fell in line with the Torah completely, 100%. None of his past sins were uh, to be held against him, according to Ezekiel 18.22. Okay, let's get into... Jason says here, hold on a second. Jason says he didn't deny the son of Yahweh. Well, you need to understand, I mean... It, 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 the whole idea of accepting Yahweh, accepting the Son of Yahweh, or denying the Son of Yahweh, this kind of thing, that whole thing is, again, that's all Christianese clicheism that has developed over time. Back in those days, they didn't accept him, reject him, whatever. I mean, it didn't mean a thing. Um, you know, he, uh, like, what did the thief say? He didn't, he, uh, he didn't say, Hey, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. So really, all that he all that he recognized, according to according to Luke, okay. Um, the other criminal said, "Don't you fear God? Uh, since you are under the same sentence, we are punished justly, for we are getting what our deeds deserve." But this man has done nothing wrong. And he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus said, truly, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. So, yeah, what, like, what did he recognize that he was innocent? It doesn't, it doesn't say a whole lot about what this guy believed about Jesus. It doesn't say a whole lot. Okay, so let's do it. We'll start Isaiah chapter 28. Isaiah chapter 28, verse 1. Woe to the proud, woe proud crown of the habitually drunk, habitually drunk of Ephraim, and to the fading flower of its glorious beauty, which is at the head of the fertile valley of those who are overcome with wine. Behold, the Lord has a strong and mighty agent. As a storm of hail, a tempest of destruction, like a storm of mighty overflowing waters, he has thrown it down to the earth with his hand. The splendid crown of the habitually drunk of Ephraim is trampled underfoot. 
and the fading flower of its glorious beauty, which is at the head of the fertile valley, uh, will be like the first ripe fig prior to the summer, which one which one sees, and as soon as it is in his hand, he swallows it. On that day, the Lord of armies will become a beautiful crown and a glorious wreath to the remnant of his people, a spirit of justice for him who sits in judgment, a strength to those who repel the onslaught, onslaught of uh, at the gate. And these also reel with wine and stagger with or from intoxicating drink. The priest and the prophet reel with intoxicating drink. They are confused by wine. They stagger from intoxicating drink. They reel while having visions. They stagger when rendering a verdict. For all the tables are full of filthy vomit without a single clean place. To whom would he teach knowledge and to whom would he interpret the message? Those just weaned, those just weaned from milk? Those just taken from the breast? For he said, as order on order, order on order, line on line, line, line on line, a little here, a little there. Indeed, he will speak to this people through stammering lips and a foreign tongue. He who said to them, this is the place of quiet, give rest to the weary, and this is the resting place, but they would not listen. So the word of the Lord to them will be order on order, order on order, line on line, line on line, a little here, a little there, that they may go and stumble backward, be broken, snared, and taken captive. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scoffers who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol we have made a pact. The gushing flood will not reach us when it passes by, because we have made falsehood our refuge, and we have concealed ourselves with deception. Therefore, this is what the Lord God says. Behold, I am laying a stone in Zion, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone for the foundation, firmly placed. This one, or excuse me, the one who believes in it will not be disturbed. I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level, and hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the waters will overflow the secret place. Your covenant with death will be canceled, and your pact with Sheol will not stand. When the when the gushing flood passes through, then you will become its trampling ground. As often as it passes through, it will seize you. From morning after, from morning after morning, it will pass through. Any time during the day, or and it will be a and it will be terror to understand what what it means. The bed is too short on which to stretch out. And the blanket is too small to wrap oneself in. For the Lord will rise up as at Mount Perazim. He will be stirred up as in, as in the valley of Gibeon to do his task 
his unusual task and to work his work, his extraordinary work. Now, do not carry on as scoffers or your shackles will be made stronger. For I have heard from the Lord God of armies of decisive destruction on all of the earth. And hear my voice. Pay attention and hear my words. Does the farmer plow continually to plant seed? Does he continually turn and break up his ground? Does he not level its surface and sow dill and scatter cumin and plant wheat in rows, barley in its place, and rye within its area? For his God instructs and teaches him properly. Dill is not threshed with a a threshing sledge, nor is the cartwheel driven over cumin. But dill is beaten out with a rod and cumin with a club. Grain for bread is crushed. Indeed, he does not continue to thresh, uh, thresh it forever. Because the wheel of his cart and his horses eventually damage it. He does not thresh it longer. This also comes from the Lord of armies, who has made his counsel wonderful and his wisdom great. Isaiah chapter 29. Woe, Ariel, Ariel, the city where David once camped. Add year to year. Keep your feasts on schedule. I will bring distress to Ariel, and she will be a city for grieving and mourning. She will be like an Ariel to me. Ariel in the footnotes. That is Jerusalem, i.e. Jerusalem, is a Hebrew word for altar hearth, where offerings are, are, were burned. Uh, just missed that. Okay, she will be like an aerial to me. I will camp. I will camp against you, encircling you, and I will set up siege works against you, and I will raise up battle towers against you. Then you will be brought low. For the earth, from the earth you will speak, and from the death, the dust where you are prostrate, your words will come. Your voice will also be that of a spirit from the ground, and your speech will whisper from the dust. But the multitude of your enemies will become like fine dust, and the multitude of the ruthless ones like chaff which blows away. And it will happen instantly, suddenly, from the Lord of armies. You will be punished with thunder and earthquake and loud noise, with whirlwind and and tempest and the flame of a consuming fire. And the multitude of all the nations who wage war against Ariel, even all who wage war against her and her stronghold and who distress her, will be like a a vision of the night. It will be as when a hungry person dreams. And behold, he is eating. But when he awakens, his hunger is not satisfied. Or as... When a thirsty person dreams, and behold, he is drinking. But when he awakens, behold, he is faint, and his thirst is not quenched. So it, so will the multitude of the nations be who wage war against Mount Zion. Be delayed and horrified. Blind yourselves and be blind. They become drunk, but not with wine. They stagger but not with intoxicating drink. The Lord has poured out, poured over you a spirit of deep sleep. 
He has shut your eyes, the prophets. He has covered your heads, the seers. The entire vision will be to you like the words of a sealed book, which when they give it to the one who is literate saying, please read this, he will say, I cannot because it is sealed. Then the book will be given to one who is illiterate saying, please read this. And he will say, I cannot read. Then the Lord said, because this people approaches me with their words and honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me and their reverence for me consists of the commandment of men that is taught. Therefore, behold, I will once again deal marvelously with this people, wondrously marvelous, and the wisdom of their wise men will perish. And the understanding of their men who have understanding will be concealed. Woe to those who deeply hide their plans from the Lord and those and, and whose deeds are done in a dark place. And they say, who sees us or who knows us? You turn, thing, uh, you, excuse me, you turn things around. Shall the potter be considered as equal as, uh, with the clay? That what, that what is made would say to its maker, he did not make me? Or what is formed, say to him who formed it, he has no understanding? Is it not yet just a little while before Lebanon will be turned into a fertile field and the fertile field will be considered as a forest? On that day, those are deaf will hear words of a, of a book. And out of their gloom and darkness, the eyes of those who are blind will see. The afflicted also will increase their joy in the Lord. And the needy of mankind will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. For the ruthless will come to an end and the scorner will be finished. Indeed, all who are intent on doing evil will be eliminated who cause a person to be in, indicted by a word and set a trap for the arbitrator at the gate and defraud the one in the right with meaningless arguments. Therefore, this is what the Lord, who redeemed Abraham, says concerning the house of Jacob. Jacob will not be ashamed now, nor will his face turn pale now. But when he sees his children, the work of, of my hands in his midst, they will sanctify my name. Indeed, they will sanctify the Holy One of Jacob and will stand in awe of the God of Israel. Those who err in mind will know the truth and those who criticize will accept instruction. Isaiah chapter 30. Woe to the rebellious children, declares the Lord, who execute a plan, but not mine, who make an alliance, but not of my spirit, in order to add sin to sin. This reminds me of the counterfeit grace, you know, the hyper grace gospel. Adding sin to sin, who proceed down to Egypt without consulting me to take refuge in the safety of Pharaoh and to seek shelter in the shadow of Egypt. Therefore, the safety of Pharaoh will be your shame and the shelter 
in this in the shadow of Egypt your humiliation. For their officials are at Zoan, and their ambassadors arrive at Hanes. Everyone will be ashamed because of a people who do not benefit them, who are not a help or benefit, but a source of shame and also disgrace. The pronouncement concerning the animals of the Negev through a land of distress and anguish, from there, or excuse me, from where come lioness and lion, viper and flying serpent, they carry their riches on the backs of young donkeys and their treasures on camels' humps to a people who will not benefit them, even Egypt, whose help is vain and empty. Therefore, I will call her, I have called her Rahab, who have, who has been exterminated. <laughs> Rahab, or Rahab. It says, Masoretic text, they are Rahab, or arrogance to remain, uh, i.e. Egypt as a sea monster. See note of Job 26, 12. So Isaiah 30, verse 8. Now go, write it on a tablet in their presence, and inscribe it on a scroll, that it may serve in the time to come. As a witness forever, for this is a rebellious people, false sons, sons who refuse to listen to the instruction of the Lord, who say to the seers, you must not see visions, and to the prophets, you must not prophesy the truth to us. Speak to us pleasant words. Prophesy illusions. Isn't this what, stop here for a second, isn't this what the church does today? Isn't this what the church does today? Right? They just want their ears tickled. They don't want the, the, the pastor, the preacher to, to preach truth. They just want pleasant words. Illusions. Tell me sweet little lies. Pleasant words in the footnotes. Smooth things, yeah, speak smooth things to us, not rough things, smooth things. Verse 11, get out of the way, turn aside from the path, stop speaking before us about the Holy One of Israel. Therefore, this is what the Holy One of Israel says. Since you have rejected this word, you have and have put your trust in oppression and crookedness and have relied on them. Therefore, this wrongdoing will be to you like a breach about to fall, a bulge in a high wall whose collapse comes suddenly in an instant, whose collapse is like the smashing of a potter's jar, so ruthlessly shattered that a shard will not among its pieces to take fire from a hearth or swoop or scoop, excuse me, or to scoop water from a cistern. For this is what the Lord God of Israel, uh, the Holy One, for this is what the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, has said. Quote, In repentance and rest you will be saved. In the footnotes, in returning. So be teshuvah, uh, most likely in the Hebrew. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. Repentance again, meaning turn from your sin. Okay. 
returning to God, turning away from sin. Now, as always, like I said, this is, this is all the way through the, you know, like what live stream have we ever done when we're reading scripture, where we don't come across something like this? In repentance and rest, you will be saved. Not in bringing your sacrifices and blood, you will be saved because the blood will cover your sin. No, that's not what it says. In many places, it says the opposite. In fact, we read that earlier, and we will read that again once we get later on in the book. Uh, the book of Isaiah, that is. In repentance and rest, you will be saved. In quietness and trust is your strength. But you were not willing. And you said, no, for we will flee on horses. Therefore, you shall flee. And we will ride on swift horses. Therefore, those who pursue you shall be swift. 1,000 flee at the threat of one man. You will flee at the threat of five until you are left like a signal post on a mountaintop and like a flag on a hill. Therefore, the Lord longs to be gracious to you. And therefore, he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are all those who long for him. For you people in Zion, inhabitant of Jerusalem, inhabitant in Jerusalem, you will weep no longer. He will certainly be gracious to you at the sound of your cry when he hears it. He will answer you. Although the Lord has given you bread of deprivation and water of oppression, he, your teacher, will no longer hide himself, but your eyes will see your teacher. Your ears will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, and you will desecrate your carved images plated with silver and your cast metal images plated with gold, you will scatter them as a filthy thing and to them be gone then he will give you rain for your seed which you in the ground and bread from the yield of the ground and it will be rich and plentiful on on that day your livestock will graze a wide pasture also the oxen and the donkeys that work the ground will eat seasoned feed which has been winnowed with shovel and pitchfork. And on every lofty mountain and every high hill, there will be streams running with water on, on the day of the great slaughter, when the towers fall. And the light of the full moon will be like the light of the sun, and the light of the sun will be seven times brighter, like the light of seven days." On the day the Lord binds up the fracture of his people and heals the wound, he has inflicted. Behold, the name of the Lord comes from a remote place. His anger is burning and defense with smoke, excuse me, and dense with smoke. His lips are filled with indignation and his tongue is like a consuming fire. His breath is like an overflowing river, which reaches to the neck to shake the nations back and forth in a sieve and to put in the jaws of the peoples, the bridle which leads astray. You will have songs as in the night when you keep the festival, and gladness of heart as when one marches to the sound of the flute. To go to the mountain of the Lord, to the rock of Israel, 
and to, and the Lord will cause his voice to be heard and the descending of his arm to be seen in fierce anger and in the flame of a consuming fire, in cloudburst, downpour, and hailstones. For at the voice of the Lord, Assyria will be terrified when he strikes with the rod, and every blow of the rod of punishment which the Lord will lay on him will be with the music of tambourines and lyres. In the battles, brandishing weapons, he will fight them. For Tophet has long been ready. Indeed, it has been prepared for the king. So Tophet is, is in the footnotes, the place of human sacrifice to Molech. Indeed, it has been prepared for the king. He has made it deep and large. A pyre of fire will, with plenty of wood. The breath of the Lord, like a torrent of brimstone, sets it afire. Wow. Amazing. Isaiah chapter 31. Woe to those who go down to Egypt for help and rely on horses and trust in chariots because they are many and in the horse and in horsemen because they are very strong, but they do not look to the Holy One of Israel nor seek the Lord. Yet he also is wise and will bring disaster and does not retract his words, but will arise against the house of evildoers and against the help of the workers of injustice. Now, now the Egyptians are human and not God, and their horses are flesh, not spirit. So the Lord will stretch out his hand, and any helper will stumble, and one who helped will fall, and all of them will come to an end together. For this is what the Lord says to me. As the lion or the young lion growls over his prey, against which a band of shepherds is called out, he will not be terrified at the vo their voice, nor disturbed at their noise. So will the Lord of armies come down to wage war on Mount Sion and, and on its hill, like flying birds, so the Lord of armies will protect Jer Jerusalem. He will protect and save it. He will pass over and rescue it. Return to him against whom you have been profoundly obstinate, you sons of Israel. For on that day, every person will reject his silver idols and his gold idols, which your hands have made for you as a sin. And the Assyrian will fall by a sword not wielded by a man, and a sword not of man will devour him. So he will not escape the sword, and his young men will become forced laborers. His rock will pass away because of panic, and his officers will be terrified by the flag, declares the Lord, whose fire is in Zion and whose furnace is in Jerusalem. Isaiah chapter 32. Behold, a king will reign righteously. And officials will rule justly. Each will be like a refuge from the wind and a shelter from the storm, like streams of water in a dry country, like the shade of a huge rock in, a, in an exhausted land. Then the eyes of those who see will not be blinded, and the, eye, and the ears of those who hear will, will listen. The mind of the rash will discern the truth, and the tongue of the stammerers will hurry to speak clearly. 
No longer will the fool be called noble or the rogue be, be spoken of as generous. For a fool speaks nonsense and heart inclines towards wickedness. To practice ungodliness and to speak error against the Lord, to keep the hungry person unsatisfied and to withhold drink from the thirsty. As for a rogue, his weapons are, are evil. He devises wicked schemes to devour the poor with slander. Though the needy one speaks what is right, but the noble person devises noble plans, and by noble plans he stands. Rise up, you women who are at ease, and hear my voice. Listen to my word, you complacent daughters. Within here, and a few days you will be troubled, you complacent daughters, for the vintage is ended. And the fruit gathering will not come. Tremble, you women who are at ease. Be, be troubled, you innocent daughters. Strip, undress, and put on put sackcloth, sackcloth on your waist. Beat your breasts, foils, and or for the fruitful vine, for the land of my people, in which thorns and briars will come up. Indeed, for all the joyful houses and for the jubilant city. For the place has been neglected, the populated city abandoned. Hill and watchtower have come, have become caves together. A delight for wild donkeys, a pasture for flocks, until the spirit is poured out over us from on high, and the wilderness becomes a fertile field, and the fertile field is considered as a forest. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness will remain in the fertile field, and the work of righteousness will be peace, and the service of righteousness, quietness and confidence forever. Then my people will live in a peaceful settlement, in secure dwellings, and in undisturbed resting places, and it will hail when the forest comes. And the city will be utterly laid low. How blessed will you be, you who sow beside all waters, who let the ox and the donkey out freely. Isaiah chapter 33. Woe to you, destroyer, while you were not destroyed, he who is, and he who is treacherous, while others did, did not deal treacherously with him. As soon as you finish destroying, you will be destroyed. As soon as you cease to deal treacherously, others will deal treacherously with you. Lord, be gracious to us. We have waited on you. We have waited for you. Be their strength every morning. Salvation also in the time of distress. At the sound roar, peoples flee. At the lifting up of your nations disperse. Your plunder is gathered as the caterpillar gather, gathers. Like an infestation of locusts, people storm it. The Lord is exalted, for, for he dwells on high. He has filled Zion with justice and righteousness, and he will be, and he will be the stability of your times. A wealth, wisdom, and knowledge. The fear of the Lord is his treasure. Behold, their brave men cry out in the streets, and ambassadors of peace weep bitterly. The, the highways are desolate. The traveler has ceased. 
He has broken the covenant. He has despised their city. He has despised the cities. He has no regard for mankind. The land mourns and wastes away. Lebanon is shamed and withers. Sharon is like a desert plain. And Bashan and Carmel lose their foliage. Now I will arise, says the Lord. Now I will, I will be exalted. Now I will be lifted up. You have conceived chaff. In the footnotes, chaff, dry grass. You have conceived chaff. You have give birth to stubble. You will give birth to stubble. My breath will consume you like a fire. The peoples will be burned to lime, like thorns which are burned in the fire. You who are far away, hear what I have done, and you who are near, acknowledge my might. Sinners in Zion are terrified. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can live with the consuming fire? Who among us can live with everlasting burning? One who walks righteously and speaks with integrity. One who rejects and shakes his hands so that they hold no bribe. One who stops his ears from hearing about bloodshed and shuts his eyes from looking at evil. He will dwell on the heights. His refuge will be on the impregnable rock. His bread will be given him. His water will be sure. Your eyes will see the king in his beauty. They will see a distant land. Your heart will meditate on terror. Where is one who counts? Where is one who weighs? Where is one who counts the towers? You will no longer see a fierce people, a people of unintelligible speech, which no one comprehends, of a stammering tongue, which no one understands. Look at Zion the city of our appointed feasts. Your eyes will see Jerusalem, an undisturbed settlement. A tent will not be folded. Its stakes will never be pulled up, nor any of its ropes be torn apart. But there the majestic one, the Lord, will be for us a place of rivers and wide canals on which no boat with oars will go and on which no mighty ship will pass. For the Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. Your ship's tackle hangs slack. It cannot hold the base of its mast firmly, nor spread out the sail. When the prey of an abundant spoil will be divided, those who limp will take the plunder. And no resident will say, I am sick. The people who live there will be forgiven their wrongdoing. Isaiah chapter 34. Come near, you nations, to hear, and listen, you peoples. Let the earth and all it contains hear, and the world and all that springs from it. For the longer is against all the nations and his wrath against all their armies. He has utterly destroyed them. He has turned them over to slaughter. So their slain will be thrown out. 
and their corpses will give off their stench, and the mountains will be drenched with their blood, and all the heavenly lights will wear away, and the sky will be rolled up like a scroll, and its lights will also wither away as a leaf withers from the vine, or as one withers from a fig tree. For my sword has be- for my sword has drunk its fill in heaven. Behold, it shall descend for judgment upon Edom and upon the people whom I have designated for destruction. Does designate some people for destruction. The sword of the Lord is blood. It drips with fat, with the blood of lambs and goats, with the fat of the kidneys of the rams. For the Lord has a sacrifice in Bosra and a great slaughter in the land of Edom. Wild oxen will also with them and young bulls with strong ones. So their land will be soaked with blood and their dust become greasy with fat. For the Lord has a day vengeance, a year of retribution for the cause of Zion. Its streams will be turned into pitch, its loose earth into brimstone, Brimstone, for those of you who don't know, is sulfur. And its land will become burning pitch, pitch like tar. Uh, and it will not be it will not be extinguished night or day. Its smoke will go up forever. From generation to generation it will be desolate. None will pass through it forever and ever, but pelican and hedgehog will possess it. An owl and raven will dwell in it. And he will stretch over it the line of desolation and the plumb line of emptiness. Its nobles, there is no one there whom they may proclaim king. And all its officials will be nothing. Thorns will come up in its fortified towers, weeds and thistles in its fortified cities. It will also be a haunt for jackals and and a habitat for or excuse me, and a habitat of ostriches. The desert creatures will meet with the wolves, and the goat also will cry to its kind. Yes, the night will settle there and will find herself a resting place. The tree snake will make its nest and lay eggs there, and it will hatch and gather them under its protection. Yes, the, the hawks will be gathered there, every one with its kind. Seek, excuse yes, yeah, seek from the book of the Lord and read. Not one of these will be missing. None will lack its mate. For his mouth has commanded and his spirit has gathered them. He has cast the lot for them and his hand has divided it to them by the measuring line. They shall possess it forever. From generation to generation, they will dwell in it. Amen, amen, amen. So that concludes our reading for tonight. Let me see what we have in the live chat. Jason says, who is a liar? But he that denies Jesus is a Christ. He is antichrist that denies the Father and the Son. I'm not sure why you tagged me in that, Jason. Um, can you tell me why you tagged me in that? Tammy says, when I repented and surrendered my like and my life, probably my spirit was 
lit up like a blazing fire after being churched after after being churched fire went out when i left church and began to live obedience the fire filled me wow isn't that amazing that's amazing those kind of testimonies i tell you those kind of testimonies are absolutely uh amazing just um speaks a lot i'm telling you that's just that's just phenomenal thank you for sharing that tammy this is that, that blesses me i tell you Tammy says, I have been unchurching since then, and what an unbelievable experience. God is so good, so loving, so beautiful. You know, again, I hear you. It's just so, and that's an amazing testimony. Um, just amazing. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Okay, um, Caballero says, uh, thank you for tonight's Bible reading and for answering my question. Good night and see you tomorrow. Thank you very much, Caballero. Thank you. Blessings multiplied to you guys. Okay, so Jason says, it was a follow-up follow to the thief on the cross. He did not deny the son of the father. Okay. So that proves that he's not a liar, according to that scripture. Um, okay, then. So, Jean says, Jean, uh, if I, Jean says, um, blessings, Christopher, and all blessings, blessings to you. All right, guys, that'll be it. We'll wrap it up for tonight. Uh, tomorrow, we will pick up again where we left off. Let me just give you a little bit of a sneak preview. And by the way, again, for those of you who are new, maybe you didn't uh, get this before, but we will have, Lord willing, we will have um, Dr. Jason A. Staples with us this Friday, June 3rd. So um, very, uh, you know, looking forward to this. Jason A. Staples is an assistant teaching professor in the Department of Philosophy and Religious Studies at North Carolina State University, where he teaches courses on biblical literature, early Judaism, Christian origins, ethics, globalism, conflict, and various theoretical perspectives in the study of religion and society. He wrote a book called The Idea of Israel in Second, Second Tem uh, Temple Judaism. I have had a little bit of a preview of the contents of that book and it's it's a very interesting interesting book uh talking about the identity of israel and um okay without stealing thunder here i'm and it's it's going to be awesome this coming um friday that is june the third so we'll have that uh lord willing we have dr staples with us um let's see what else we have here alex says Thanks. Thank you, Alex. Great deception. Alan says, thank you, brother. Much love and blessings to you all. And much love and blessings back to you. Multiplied back to you, brother. Thank you. Billy says, see you all tomorrow. Good night. See you tomorrow, Billy. Good night. Okay. Um, if you're not, if you're not um, subscribed or following, please 
remember to follow, subscribe, and um, make sure you have those notifications on. We have we go live every single day. So yeah, we go live every single day by the grace of God. Cat Cool says bye. Bye, Matthew. Good to see you as always. Okay, I'll see you guys tomorrow. As always, you guys are awesome. You guys are you guys are a blessing. Thank you for your fellowship, your questions, and your comments. I appreciate you guys. Says good night, shalom. Um, the real truth says good night, shalom. Vinny says, um, thank you, Christopher. God bless everyone, shalom. Thank you very much as well. Okay, I'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place, seven p.m. Eastern, and we'll pick up where we left off again. Let me just give you a little bit of a preview here we uh left off at isaiah chapter 34 so we'll be reading more of isaiah and we're going to sneak a psalm in there as well okay we'll read isaiah chapter 35 through 39 and then read psalm 76 okay see you guys tomorrow as always i pray the lord bless you and keep you make his face to shine upon you lift up his countenance upon you and give you wonderful wonderful shalom amen amen see you tomorrow